0: This is the Author Archive podcast. I'm David Freeman. Today, featuring in this episode, a criminologist, David Wilson. What does a criminologist do then? Does he look at criminals or their
1: crime? Well, both really, David. Thank you for inviting me on, first of all. Uh, Criminology is simply um, the social scientific study of crime and offenders, And a criminologist would look at uh, how to reduce the amount of crime, what we might be able to do to rehabilitate offenders. A criminologist like myself, uh, who has applied experience, might also assist in terms of the development of policy in relation to offenders, might assist in relation to live police investigations. So criminology is always regarded as a rendezvous subject. You know, it takes its inspiration from different uh, disciplines, sociology, psychology, anthropology, history, and so forth. Um, So it's a rendezvous discipline, and it's a relatively new discipline. And so I I sometimes understand why people are are confused by it or intrigued by it. But in effect, it's looking, it's a place, a meeting place Criminology is academically a meeting place where people from different backgrounds can come together to discuss crime and offenders.
0: I've asked you to talk to me because you have written this book, A Plot to Kill, which has a lot in common with a BBC television drama that was recently shown called The Sixth Commandment. Now, A Plot to Kill, you wrote a little while ago, and it's about a murder... It's about um, a novelist English teacher being murdered by a much younger man. What was it that attracted you to that event?
1: So initially I wasn't attracted to that event at all um, because I had my previous book, the book I had published immediately prior to the book, A Plot to Kill, that is about the murder of Peter Farker by uh, a younger English student called Ben Field. I had written a book about a murder in my hometown in Scotland that took place in the 1970s. And I realised that in writing that book, there was a lot of, um, you know, if you want to discuss murder, you have to look under stones metaphorically. You have to shake a few trees and things fall from the branches. And I realized that even writing a book about a murder that took place in the 1970s, people didn't welcome that. And so initially I wasn't attracted to write this book at all, but I did so because the murder of Peter Farquhar by Ben Field took place in the town where I've lived for the past, I think, 30 odd years. And therefore, everybody kept asking me, am I going to write a book about the murder and in the end, I thought I could, but I didn't want to write. By the time I came to write the book, there had already been um, a channel a uh, four documentary about what had taken place, and there had already been a five live um, special about the murder that had taken place. And so I didn't want to just simply write a police procedural, a true crime police procedural, but I wanted to see if there was some way into telling the story of what happened to Peter Farker by bringing Middle England in as a character, by bringing the books that he wrote, by bringing in the books that he loved, the books that he taught to Ben Field as an English student at the University of Buckingham.
0: Now, in your book, A Plot to Kill, the place, the location, has um, a very big part in the story. Now, this is just on the the outskirts of Buckingham, isn't it? So, I mean, I've been through Buckingham, and it's not that special, David. So how does it merit a place of interest to to look at this murder through?
1: Yeah, a fair point. Um, Buckingham is, of course, or was until Aylesbury um, <laughs> took over the uh, county seat of Buckinghamshire. And the reason why Buckingham's a town of about 15,000 people and because it's not on the main railway line, people do what you've just described, David. They pass through Buckingham. But Buckingham really genuinely is at the heart of England. It is geographically the middle of England, and it is a very kind of well-to-do place. It's got a private university, the University of Buckingham, where Peter Farker taught and where uh, Ben Field attended, and would do his undergraduate English degree and then a master's and PhD in English. And that's how he and Farquhar first met. Um, Buckingham is also the place where I think, as a Scot, I felt really represented something in class terms, in cultural terms, that one could use that shorthand of being Middle England. And it was those kinds of conservative uh, with a small c and also the hypocrisy of middle england that so intrigued me i i wanted to write about peter and the murder from the point of view of a community trying to come to terms with what had happened and how benfield went about grooming that middle england community so that he was accepted as a poster boy for the university as somebody who was five days away from ordination training as a priest at one of the local churches uh, in buckingham and where very much he was seen as being a, a, a dependable young man in that community i wanted to understand how he groomed the community and how the community failed to recognize what was happening in front of its own eyes.
0: Now, this was happening just down the road from where you live. Did you meet either of these people, Ben or Peter?
1: I met, I mean, it's impossible not to have met them. You know, it's a small community. And so I shared an optician, a dentist, a GP with Peter Farker. And I knew him to say hello to, but I did not know him. So the way that I went about writing the book, though, was that he ran a book club in the town called the Stowe Reading Group. Sometimes it was called the Stowe Reading uh, Reading Circle. And, of course, uh, Peter had taught at Stowe School, which is um, one of the independent schools in the local community and so I knew people that had been at the book group and uh, and so forth and they could uh, conjure up a picture of Peter for me but of course I've already mentioned there had already been a channel 4 documentary and a radio 5 live special about what happened. So getting the background detail on Peter and his life really wasn't uh, difficult. What, what, I, what I wanted to do with the book was describe within the book the sorts of things, the literature that Peter loved and taught Ben Field. I never met Ben Field, but I did meet um, his um, tutors at the local university, University of Buckingham, and I did meet uh, his sidekick, who would eventually be found not guilty of all charges, a man called Martin Smith.
0: Now, Martin Smith appeared in the television uh, drama and he got off. And I mean, in the drama, a little thing was made that he was a magician, uh, which added a little bit of uh, extra sort of interest to his piquancy, to his character. And if if we move through to the end of the story, um, Ben is found, is charged. And he's he goes to court, and the the sidekick, his his uh, magician sidekick, is also charged, and his brother. So I I've struggled to see where the Field family, whose father is a parson and his mother is uh, a counsellor, I f- I failed to sort of decode them. Did 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 it become obvious to you?
1: Um. What became obvious to me uh, was the underlying personality of Benfield, because I would say he had a personality disorder, which I would label as psychopathy. I think he was a psychopath. his parents turned up every single day to his trial. And clearly you, you point out that his father was, uh, uh, uh a vicar, um, uh, You point out that his mother had held down various jobs and was a Liberal Democrat councillor. Every single day they turned up to watch their son being charged and also their younger son, who was going to get off, being uh, on trial for heinous crimes. And um, I didn't make much sense of them, but I did come to understand, I felt, The personality of their son, Ben, and how they, as parents, must have realized from a very early age that they were dealing with somebody who had the personality disorder of psychopathy. And I often say, David, that, you know, are offenders born or made? Uh, I kind of answer that question by saying it's neither one nor the other, and a messy combination of the two. And clearly, though, we are biological beings. Benfield is a biological being. And I got the sense he was born the way that he was. And his parents tried very, very hard over a long period of time to ameliorate those aspects of his personality, which would give cause for concern. And there was an insight, David. When the University of Buckingham published, can you believe this? The University of Buckingham published Benfield's master's. And I remember reading the master's and there were two reviews of the master's on Amazon, both five stars. And one of those five star reviews came from Benfield's father. And he made this really interesting I felt observation that he said that reading the master's dissertation, the monograph had given them an insight into his son's personality. And I thought, my gosh, this is a very odd place to make that statement. And really did it take this long For him to gain an insight, Benfield by this stage was in his 20s. Did it really take him that long to get an insight into his son's personality?
0: But it seems reading about Benfield and seeing how he was portrayed on the TV, he's had the ability to be a myriad things uh, in the context of where he happened to be. He could be an astute student. He could be a wonderful leader. He could be a provider of homosexual services on grinder. He had the ability to charm older people. so was that because he was greedy and wanted money he He seemed to be untouchable. who Who use the who used the phrase snake talk? He seemed to be able to do anything in any environment.
1: yeah, and which is a real um a real insight into the psychopathy mirroring what it is that you want to see in them it's a way that they can gain closeness to you they want to get close to you so that they can then use you Uh, because if they're close to you you will reveal information about yourself which ultimately they will be able to harness for their own ends Psychopaths are wonderful mirrors, and so he could be this uh, scholarly uh, English student to Peter Farker, to the University of Buckingham, to others that he seduced at the University of Buckingham. He he went on to have a relationship with his PhD supervisor at the University of Buckingham. Um, he's quite, yeah, and, and the mirroring. I felt, I call him in the book David a less talented Tom Ripley um psychopaths are very very good at showing you what they think you want to see
0: yes um and Ripley that's the talented Mr Ripley uh as invented by Patricia Highsmith isn't it that's um uh, who who's also portrayed beautifully in a movie and would it be fair to say that Ben Field suffered no remorse at all. He just yeah. shut it off.
1: Yeah, that, because again, one of the underlying, I usually say that psychopathy is, a, is about having three different constellations of traits. And one of those constellations would be an inability to empathize, an inability to walk in another person's shoes. And therefore he would know the words of remorse, He would know how to say he was remorseful, but he would not feel that. There's a real absence at his core. The psychopath has no genuine, authentic feelings, even if they know the words for sadness or joy or love. They know the words to say, and they can recognize that you might feel love or that you might feel sadness or that you might feel joy, but they themselves don't have those feelings. Um, it's a, a, it's a, a, a horrible personality disorder. But no, you're right, uh, Ben Field will have no remorse. He will know the words to say to express remorse, but he doesn't feel those words. He has no authentic, genuine emotion.
0: Peter Farker, did Ben choose him because... Uh, peter Farker was gay um profound uh, christian faith which and he couldn't can he couldn't um live with the two they they were at, uh, at odds in his personality so did ben field early on see oh i could do something with this i i could really get a grip on this guy
1: oh yes and i mean it, the Because he has that underlying personality disorder or underlying personality of being a psychopath, um, psychopaths will have multiple sexual partners of both genders. um, Sex is one of the ways that they can use to gain access and also to control. So it didn't matter that... um, that Benfield uh, was whether Benfield was gay or straight, he or bisexual, he had a number of different relationships. Indeed, when he was in the relationship with Peter, he was selling sexual services by hooking up with men that he met on Grinder. Um, but yeah, he would deliberately target Peter Farquhar because he saw in Peter Farquhar things that Peter might give him access to. Two of the things that sprung uh, that sprung to mind when you were asking that question, and which I touch upon in the book, I do think there is an element of gerontophilia um, as somebody who is sexually attracted or wants to have sex with older, much older people. Uh, and then the second thing is what we were discussing earlier about Middle England and the hypocrisy of Middle England and the hypocrisy of the Church of England. Because, of course, it's homophobia that is the context for this murder taking place in plain sight. And I say in the book, you know, if Peter had been a straight man and had had a relationship with a female student of the same age as Ben Field, there would have been a lot more discussion and a lot more intervention in relation to what was happening. But because it was a gay relationship, there was a kind of don't see, don't talk, uh, can we we just don't want to go there i call it in the book weaponized gentility people kept saying it's their business and it was that. and of course what their business was was that poor peter farquhar was being slowly tortured
0: and by, so, by
1: his gay lover
0: and slowly poisoned as well and it seemed that the ultimate cruelty peter comes over as um, very decent guy, but he can't—he can't fight off a young, obviously attractive man who says he loves him. That seems to be the ultimate mischief, ultimate unkindness. And
1: the, tra- and the and the ultimate tragedy for poor Peter was that he was born at a time and came of age at a time when being gay was still against the law and seen as an illness in this country. You know, he went to university um, uh, when it was still illegal to express a sexuality. And then when he ultimately does discover somebody that he wants to have a relationship with, he is poisoned and tortured by that person. And so I felt, you know, this was just so sad. And his books, he self-published three books. And those books are all about coming of age and sexuality and about an older man uh, enjoying the company of younger men. Uh, and, and it was all about how his books were working out the uh, the dilemmas that Peter himself faced as a gay man growing up at that time.
0: And another Another dimension of sadness about that. Peter wanted to be a novelist. Now, if you're a novelist, the traditional method is to get an agent and and punch your wares around to the publishers until someone takes you up. But no one took him up, so he had to self-publish. I always think that's a second best. And Did he?
1: I think he took his writing very seriously. And I think it was a great sadness to him that he was, I mean, I I know many of the books that he loved and admired, because I interviewed several people who were in the Stowe reading group with him. And he clearly knew other novelists. I mean, he was friends with Iris Murdoch, for example. So he... um, uh, he clearly wanted to be an author. Uh, I'm probably the only person or one of a handful of people who's read his three novels, and they are turgid. They are really poor. Um, there are flashes of genuine uh, literary um, ability, but they are ploying and self-indulgent and in need of a good editor, frankly. And 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 that gives me no pleasure to say that, but I understood both his strength and his weakness as somebody who wanted to be an author. And I think the person who understood that most of all was Peter himself. He knew he wasn't he didn't have um the the literary ability to find a commercial publisher.
0: You've talked several times about the hypocrisy of Middle England. So what are you thinking of um, as a t- Straight talking Scotsman um, coming into middle England. What is it that gets your goat?
1: Well, I mean, everything from, for example, people saying, Oh, are you going to write about Peter Farquhar? Oh, I knew him. I knew this. People were constantly wanting to talk about it. And then as soon as I said, Okay, let me, can I interview you? They would be immediately, Oh, no, I don't want to get involved. So they were talking about it constantly, but not wanting to be seen to be talking about it. It was that kind of um, hypocrisy that I first became aware of. And then the hypocrisy of the Church of England. People must have realized at the church where Peter worshipped that he was a gay man living with a younger man and that they were in the same sexual relationship. But they didn't seem to want to talk about that. They felt they couldn't talk about that. The, I, I also felt there was that hypocrisy post the event of, you know, the university, which was um, clearly not abiding by the normal. I still teach uh, at the university. I teach at Birmingham City. And, um, and yet here was, here was Ben Field going through the English faculty like a dose of salt. Um, even whilst he was being taught by them. And I was like, you know, come on, you guys have got to do something here. And then there was the the ordination training. And, and you're kind of like, how can people not see that this guy is the least um, suitable person to be ordained or to go through ordination? He's going to abuse uh, his position of power.
0: And before he's charged... He delivers a sermon on thou shalt not kill in his father's church, which looked like C of E on the television in the BBC series. But it wasn't. It must have been a Baptist chapel.
1: It was a Baptist chapel. And of course, for some time, I was able to read the sermon because the sermon was on the church's website. (laughs) And then they took it down, which, of course, was the right thing to do. But, I I mean, it just spoke volumes about Fields' psychopathy, that he felt that was an appropriate sermon for him to preach, and it was an appropriate venue for him to preach it in, his own father's church. Again, as a plain-speaking Scot, David, can I say, we have a phrase in Glasgow, you don't shit on your own doorstep. This This was a real shitting on his father's doorstep, it seemed to me.
0: Yeah I mean one feels sorry for his dad don't we I mean I just thought how does he live through this
1: well I felt sorry for his uh, for his mother and his father because it was quite clear that you know they will be the they will undoubtedly be the people who will not attract our sympathy uh, because quite rightly our sympathies will go to Anne Moore Martin's family and our sympathies will go to family. Parker's family. Um, but I also felt a great deal of sadness for them watching them at court because it was quite clear how their hearts had been broken.
0: And more Martin. he w- That was the lady that he had a relationship with after Peter had died. Is that the point when the community woke up and went, hang on a minute, he befriended an old man and now he's befriending an old lady. Hang on a minute, there's something not
1: right here. Well, it was actually uh, Anne Moore Martin's, was a member of Anne Moore Martin's family that raised the alarm because, of course, um, Ben Field had snake-talked his way into Anne's heart and, again, the magician and some of the sleight-of-hand things become interesting here, don't they? There would be writing that would magically appear on uh, mirrors and so forth. Um, So yes, um, that's when things begin to unravel for Ben Field. But of course, it's interesting as well, isn't it, that that would be heterosexual, that relationship, whereas the same sexual relationship doesn't attract the same interest. He's um, tracked
0: down He's charged. He goes to court. But another interesting thing is there was a jury and it seems the way we talk about it is cut and dried. But how long did it take them to talk about it before they charged?
1: Yes. I mean, it, it took ages to bring the charge uh, ages. To um for the jury being out before they reached a the decision. And remember, they found there were some charges that were dropped in relation to Benfield's younger brother and Martin Smith, the magician. So this was he was incredibly well defended at court by his barrister, and it was a complex case. And juries have to get their heads round a kind of textual analysis that takes place within the court about the so-called rap battles that took place between Ben Field and his poetry and the kinds of things that Peter wrote in reply. There was a real, you know, uh, very quickly... Uh, The relationship, Field got what he wanted out of the relationship very, very quickly and then just wanted rid of Peter once he realized he wanted to move on to the next person. Uh, But there there was a great deal of, there were a great deal of emails, text messages. There was a great deal of, obviously, we had Peter's three books themselves, some of which the final book called A Bitter Heart, which really gave me the insight into what happens to poor Peter. So there was a lot of literature surrounding what had happened, and the jury had to get their head around all of those things, with Fields' barrister putting up a completely different narrative in relation to how those those things should be interpreted.
0: But as a criminologist, has justice been done?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Benfield Benfield was very guilty. And I keep saying Buckingham dodged a bullet because if he had not been stopped, Benfield would have become one of our most uh, infamous serial killers. Again, people don't realise, David, that the group of people who are most regularly targeted by serial killers in our culture are women over the age of 60. You know, I used to describe women over the age of 60 as elderly women, and then I turned 60 and thought, well, well, I'm not elderly. Why do I keep describing them as elderly? But older people in our culture are are the group that are most regularly targeted by serial killers. And if Ben Field had not been stopped at this point, he would have gone on and killed others.
0: Wow. It's um, I don't like the idea of true crime uh, being presented as sort of entertainment, but it is a gripping read, a plot to kill by David Wilson. David, thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you for asking me. And, and I agree. I don't like true crime being presented as a form of entertainment. True crime has to show a mirror up to society. This is why these are the kinds of people who will fall victim to murder unless we do something about it. And that's what I hope A Plot to Kill has done.